Coffee isn't just a drink, it's who you are. We are Little Green Hive, and we're here to serve that perfect cup of coffee made just for you. We're women-owned and locally sourced. Our mission is to provide the best product for our customers, as well as strengthen our community. From fair trade coffees and teas, to breakfast, lunch, and smoothies, we have everything you need to start your day off right. Come visit us in downtown Roanoke, Grandin Village, and now at the Daleville Town Center, Little Green Hive, because coffee is personal. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Hometown Stories. It means a lot to us. If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you shared us with a friend, left us a review, or subscribed to Hometown Stories. That way, you basically get first dibs as soon as we release a new episode. You can also email us at hometownstories at wdbj7.com. We'd love to hear your hometown story. Okay, now let's get back to the episode. The James Webb Space Telescope has given us some of the clearest, deepest images of our universe yet. There's a particularly mind-boggling image, clusters of galaxies upon galaxies showing us the cradle from which our universe was born. It's a window into billions of years into the past. Pretty cool, right? Well, that space telescope was years and billions of dollars in the making, and at various points, it struggled. But in 2018, Gregory Robinson was asked to step up to the plate and saw the project through as Webb's program director. Born to a family of sharecroppers in segregated Pennsylvania County, Virginia, Robinson's sights as a young man were set not on the far reaches of our universe, but rather on the farthest reaches of a football field. His journey to NASA and beyond has landed him a spot on Time's list of most influential people of 2022. But as Webb's mission begins, Robinson's now comes to a close. Let's first get started. You are retiring tomorrow. How does that feel? It feels great. It's, it's bittersweet. Um, I mean, I've had an amazing career even before Webb. I'd already had an amazing career, but it's just time. So uh, as I often say, don't let the good looks fool you. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm up there a little bit. I want to talk about your career. You've spent over three decades with NASA, a little bit of time with NOAA as well. Um, I know you're from Danville, from one of our hometowns. What can you tell me about your upbringing in Danville? Let's see. So I, I grew up in uh, actually just right outside of Danville, Pennsylvania County, a uh, long time ago. Um, and so I grew up during the 60s, uh, you know, kind of Apollo era, uh, baby. Um, and, and you've probably read some of the stories. Uh, when I grew up in, in Danville area, schools were still segregated. Uh, I went to fifth grade in desegregated schools. Um, um, just a, a real good uh, upbringing, uh, good parents, uh, good teachers, uh, good environment. Uh, you know, if you frame all of that around, you know, the, the, the South at the time, uh, but still a good upbringing. And uh, I went off to college uh, on a football scholarship to the Virginia Union and did a dual degree with Union and Howard. And subsequently, uh, that was the math and double E, subsequently got an MBA from Averitt, which is in Danville, uh, from one of their satellite campuses in Fairfax. 
Do you get down to Pennsylvania County much anymore? Well, certainly uh, not since COVID. Um, I think I've only been been home once. I think once since COVID hit. Prior to that, it was um, once a year for sure, and sometimes twice a year. What is your most vivid memory of growing up in Danville? It was just a. a I mean, I was a, a happy child. Had uh, many friends. Uh, well, I still have friends today. I'm from a huge family, uh, so that has uh, its own dynamics. Uh, just a, a good, uh, good upbringing. Uh, I was, I was pretty, pretty fortunate. Very blessed, I might say. I want to skip ahead to you taking over Webb in 2018. I know the NASA Associate Administrator for Science, Thomas Zerbchen, told the New York Times that when you took over, within a few months, efficiency was up 95% at the Webb project, which had been pushed back over time. And I will also point out that in the note about your retirement, there was a couple words that I circled because I saw them appear multiple times from your from your colleagues and from uh, Administrator Nelson. Calm, calm, steady hand. So I wonder if you could just tell us how you entered this project, this enormous project, maintaining calm and improving efficiency. I guess what is your secret essentially to that kind of success with that kind of demeanor? Well, certainly no secrets. I, I, I think, for, and of course, with personality and my experience, I've been involved in a lot of uh, satellite developments, numerous tens of launches, including shuttle launches. So it, it, you hear athletes say the game slowed down for me. That's when I started performing. So uh, just knowing what's what's needed. And, you know, I, I knew what was needed ahead of time. I knew what kind of planning needed to occur. The team itself is incredibly, incredibly smart. You know, you don't have to go searching for smarts around NASA. So it was just blending those two, knowing exactly what to do and how to get there with what the team was already doing. And certainly there were challenges, there were there were there was stress among certain certain folks, but just not a time to stress out, uh, just keep doing what you're doing, but let's let's get some better planning involved. A lot more detail than what I just said, but I just knew what needed to be done and, and just made it happen. Can you tell me about the very first time that you laid eyes on the first of these web images? Oh, it was, uh, as I joke and seriously joke, I was, I was starstruck, right? Uh, so to say, um, just, just amazing. Uh, when I, of course I grew up with, with Hubble as well. I didn't work on Hubble, but grew up during that era. And that was amazing. I mean, never seen things like that before with the Eagle Nebula and some of the others. And that was state of the art. And certainly with Spitzer and, and some of the new ones that are doing uh, exoplanets. And then to see to see these images, the clarity, it's just it's mind blowing compared to what we've seen to date. So um, I, I'm still in awe and, and I can't wait to continue to see images come out over the years. So I'm curious from your perspective, because my boyfriend and I have been talking about Webb a lot. And when we talk about the universe and, and the time it takes for this light to reach us, he gets really stressed out about it. And I just think it's the most fascinating thing in the world. How do you mitigate the day-to-day -day stresses of working on a telescope like, like Webb with the ever-expanding, unknowable reach of the universe, which Webb is trying to get to? <laughs> Well, I don't stress much, uh, I'll tell you that. Uh, you know, the, the universe is, is, is huge. I mean, we know that, right? Uh, hundreds of billions of galaxies. If you can just imagine that, um, and you just look at our own galaxy and you said there are hundreds of billions of these things out there. So that tells you there's a, there's a whole big world out there, as we often say. And, and thinking about uh, looking back to the, the dawn of the universe, the Big Bang, 
And, and we're going to look pretty close to that. You know, we're hoping to get within that 100 million years, which is still a lot, right? Uh, but we're talking billions, that's pretty close. So it, it'll give us a lot more look, maybe even some better understanding of how the universe works, how it originally formed. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and we're always trying to explore the question of where did we come from? Uh, and then uh, are we alone looking at exoplanets? Uh, is there potential life somewhere else, uh, other habitable planets and so on? And maybe uh, one day, uh, when you and your boyfriend have little ones, maybe, they will explore some of those planets. It's incredible to think about. I, I want to um, last two questions for you here. You've been interviewed numerous times. You a Times list of most influential people 2022. You were on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah recently. Did you ever think in your career as an engineer that, uh, you know, kind of the, the sunset of your career would, would bring you to places like that? I, I had no idea. Uh, when I saw my, my name on the Time 100 list, and I'm looking at the other names. I'm saying, what the hell is he doing there, right? Compared to all these other names. So it, it's it's been a great journey, uh, but I had no idea uh, I, would, I would be in this space. And and certainly the, the Trevor Noah show was uh, always a web was the, my capstone, and it is. As, as far as uh, media, the Trevor Noah show is my other capstone. My last question for you before I let you go for the day is, you know, if you could have a conversation with your nine-year-old self growing up in Pennsylvania County during that Apollo era, having lived the life that you had, I mean, what would be your, your message to your nine-year-old self? What would you, what would you want to tell him? Well, certainly uh, go to school every day, <laughs> which I did. <laughs> Work hard in school, uh, find the class that you really like, excel in those, and enjoy your friends. Uh, the networking, it's easy then because it's just 100% organic. But you're going to always uh, use that skill going forward the rest of your life. So uh, enjoy your network of friends uh, on top of the, the school learning. I know you've done a lot of interviews. Is there anything that you haven't been asked that you wish you would be asked? Oh, geez, I've been, <laughs> I think I've been asked everything, but I, I will add one thing that I have been asked, but just added some uh, color commentary to it. Uh, so I, I get asked a lot about growing up in, in segregated uh, Virginia. And someone recently asked me, uh, so how did a, 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 a sharecropper son get to here, right? And there, so I'm, I, I think of myself as special, but I'm really not. There are many thousands of me. There were many, many thousands of me growing up in those environments. And, and I was certainly lucky, blessed, pushed encourage uh, all kinds of folks around me. So you've heard the expression standing on the shoulders of giants, right? So um, if perhaps if the environment was, uh, was different back then, then I would be one of thousands of Greg Robinson's leading missions like this. Uh, so I'd certainly like to leave that to the community. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm special, but I'm really not. There are many others. It's been an absolute uh, pleasure to have you and uh, an honor. And I thank you again for your time and for taking the time. And I wish you the best in retirement. Oh, thank you so much, Leanna. And good luck to you, too. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Our thanks to Mr. Robinson and our very best to him on this new chapter. May it be nothing but stellar.
Hometown Stories is a production of WDBJ7 in Roanoke, Virginia. This episode was written and produced by me, Leanna Scacchetti, and edited by Ben Roquelmi. We'll see you next time. Hometown Stories is sponsored by Little Green Hive, because coffee is personal. Locations in downtown Roanoke, Daleville, and Grandin.